podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm back. Welcome to the Nina Kauza show. And so are the Reds back in action. It wasn't easy. It wasn't breezy. It was slightly uncomfortable. And, you know, I had flashbacks from five years ago. Facebook, constant reminder with that time hop of Liverpool losing 3-1 to Crystal Palace this time five years ago. Oh, my God. Give me a bit of dread and nerves, but not the case with this team of mentality monsters from Jurgen Klopp. Of course, we won 2-1. And really, should it be any doubt with the way they're playing and even more doubt with the guests I have lined up? So without further ado, let me introduce my first one. It is a man with an impeccable record. I shouldn't stress when he's on the podcast. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Joseph Cousins. Cousy, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm better now than I was... um... 20 minutes ago or so um but yeah doing great thing how about you i'm really good um uh, we will we will talk about this game and many other things um but it's great to have you on i should not stress when you're on and joining cuzzy oh my god i feel like i've spoken to this person more than i've spoken to the average person and close family and friends and um, we've done a podcast quite recently together he hosts many shows on ai and he's a fabulous writer as well of course i am talking about andy wales host of the champions league podcast red review the wrestling podcast the guy is literally everywhere andy and now you're back here Welcome back. I am back, yeah. It feels like we haven't spoken for about, oh, I don't know, 24 hours? <laughs> I know, and a good times, but a cheeky plug before we get the pod started. The Champions League preview podcast will be out tomorrow, so do check that out. I'm, I'm on with Andy. He'll plug that as well later on. Right, guys, before we get into it, we do have a caller, so I'll get to the caller first, and then we'll see how we get on if we've got any more callers coming up. Let's not keep them waiting. Joining us again on the Nina Kaza show was a caller from the previous show from um, the Man City win. All my friends, everyone that listens to my podcast says to me, who was that really, really cool, chilled out person who just sounded really unnerved and just completely relaxed? Of course, I'm talking about Yona. Yona, welcome back. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. It's great to have you back, and I can see you're you're chilled and calm as ever. So you know what, the floor is yours. What would you like to discuss with the panel? Uh, I'd actually want to to ask: Do you think that VR decision of uh, of uh, not allowing that goal mm-hmm. was it actually a good decision by the ref? Okay, before before I get to the panel, what do you think? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, we. We played uh, not not not. Oh, do we have connection issues there? I think we've lost Yona. There he's back. He's back. There he is. Uh, my headphones just yeah. Uh, we played very very badly. I think at the first half, 
second half we up up the pace. Uh, got a bit in in there with three balls to Mane. Uh, Mane was actually playing on the other side. I don't think that was good for him. Okay, I think he's done, Nin. Okay. He's he's my kind of person. I do yeah. the exact same. Okay, guys, um, I, I have to agree with Yona. It was not good. It was horrific. But let's talk about the decision. And you know what? I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the man that has many actually they both got lots of opinions. Who am I kidding? I'm gonna go to Kuzi first. Kuzi, we played really bad. Talk to me about that VAR decision because I've seen a lot of fume from opposition support saying that should not have been ruled off. But in my opinion, if you're in the box and you make contact with the player and not the ball as the ball's coming in, that's a foul. A push in the box. It's definitely a foul. Um, the question is whether, because um, the ball doesn't go near Lovren, does it? So it's, mm. the only question is whether um, him being fouled has anything to do with the wooden of the goal or not. Now, my interpretation of it is if it's a foul, it's a foul and you should get the free kick and the goal should be disallowed. But um, mm-hmm. there's probably some bylaw somewhere that will make it, you know, that will sort of clarify it. Um, you know, I'd be pissed off if, if it was against if it was against us. I'd, I'd, I'd have been pissed off. If we scored that goal and got ruled out, I'd, I'd be pissed off. Probably irrationally so. Um, that's probably what you're hearing from fans, rival fans, that sort of irrational hate. Um, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if it's as simple as you fail someone in the box, you can't score, then that 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 should be a fair decision. He definitely got put. He did go down easily, but it's a foul. You know, and it's even more so of a push than what Trent did to um. If I remember who he fouled now, um, over over by the the, the left hand side, that he hardly touched him, and that was a foul. And they scored, and they you know scored from it before it was disallowed. So yeah, it's 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 a push. It's a foul. No ball. It is, and we're joined by loads of amazing, amazing subscribers. Type in the chat box if you don't want to join us. Was that was that a correct decision from VAR? Let me know. Comment. Let's have a conversation. I'll bring you in, and we'll 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 discuss your comments. Andy, I'm going to come to you. Last time we spoke about a penalty is a penalty, not a soft penalty. Um, because they're talking about bylaws, I smiled to myself. I thought of Lewis Lit in suits and bylaws. But Andy, talk to me. What what did you make of that? I thought it was quite straightforward, really. It was a push. Yeah. So whether it, whether it you know, impeded the goal or not, which it, I don't think it did. So we're kind of fortunate that they were daft enough to do that in the era of VAR. But, you know, anywhere else on the pitch, if you commit an off-the-ball foul and it's seen by an official, then it's a free kick. So it's I, I don't see it as a particularly... Um, you know, controversial moment myself, really. I think as Cousy said, you know, the, the, the free kick came about from an equally soft, if that's what you want to call it, foul from Trent on uh, Zaha. Zaha went over quite easily. I think Trent was kind of suckered into that. So it was it was quite, in, you know, a soft foul, if you want to call it that. And then, yeah, it's just a shove in the back of Lovren. So, like I said, in the era of VAR, pretty stupid thing to commit because um, it certainly didn't affect them scoring the goal. He wouldn't have got anywhere near the ball. So, mm. Yeah, but for me, yeah, it's unquestionably, it's the correct decision. And I think I'd also, I'd echo what Cousy said as well. 
in that if it was the other way, we would be frustrated as hell. But I, I think once I'd had See, I wouldn't. a few minutes to calm... Well, I'd, what I was going to say is once I'd had a bit of time to calm down, yeah. I'm sure my frustration would be act- actually aimed at the player who committed the needless foul because, like I say, we, you've got VAR there now. Players all know that. Don't give away stupid fouls in the box. You really don't need to. Yeah, um, uh, there's a few people um, uh, agreeing that it was a foul. Umbilical boy says it's. Um, I think that it's a good example of the AR was brought in to sort out. Unlucky for them, but correct decision. Oh God, I'm going to butcher this name, and I do apologise beforehand. Um, Mitrande Vimes um, says definitely a foul and a goal should have been ruled off. There's a lot of agreement there. I I have to agree. Um, for me, definitely. I think we've lost Yona because um. It, his dog is sort of playing up, but you know that was the first starting point and that was the first discussion point. And I thought, yeah, let's get the controversial thing out of the way. So we all agree it was definitely, definitely, definitely a correct decision. VAR ruling off that goal. There was a foul, a push in the box, done, dusted, chalked off. It's a foul and a free kick to Liverpool. Right, okay. Let's now talk about the game in general. And first of all, let's talk about the starting lineups. And Kuzi, I will come to you first because there was a lot of talk and a lot of quiet about. Will Robertson play? Um, will it be James Milner? And of course, you know, the starting lineup comes out and talk to me about that because, of course, we know Mo Salah didn't, wasn't fit. So, um, Oxley had to play in his, in, in his place. I mean, what did you make of the starting lineup? Were you expecting that or were you expecting something a little different? I was expecting something similar. I was, my mm. main worry was, um, Robertson not being. Yeah. Because I didn't want, I didn't want to. And build up against Zaha at all. Um, that would have been clear. We I still want to see that. So as soon as I saw his name in the starting lineup, I um, had a sigh of relief. The next thing I looked for in the starting lineup was who was in the front three, and you see Salah missing, and a bit of apprehension there. But um, I thought probably Origi would have started up top, and maybe Ox would have got a game in in midfield. Um, but mm. I sort of had my doubts whether Oxford start because he played. Didn't he play two games for England? Um, yeah. Um, during the international break, um, so I would guess it was a bit of a surprise that Ox started and and that he started up top. I don't think he's as effective um, in the front three. I think he's better in midfield, um, and I think that was you saw that during the game. Um, but other than that, I think it was expected. I wasn't expecting Labby to start. I, you know, Hendo and Ginny in midfield wasn't a surprise. Fabinho playing wasn't a surprise, even though um, all those guys sort of played um, for Brazil um, all over the world um, in the last what, 10 days or so. Um, but I, I still wasn't surprised that they started. So, so yeah. But um, good enough 11 to get the job done, because I don't rate this Crystal Palace side at all. Um, even though I think people have it in their head that we have a, a poor record against them, but um, I think that's going back a few years now, so in more recent times we've sort of done the bit um, but yeah, I was I was happy with the um, with, with, with the 11 Excellent Okay, well Umbilical Boy is asking me am I eating an apple or a carrot? I mean, what? 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 We'll, we'll, we'll get to that I'm not eating anything, I have no food on hand, all I have is my green tea literally I heard crunching. Oh, I was opening a packet of something. My refill, if you must know. Uh, right, okay. And Andy, what about yourself? Talk to me about the starting lineup. Much as what you predicted, you know, given that we do have that big game against Napoli as well. 
Yeah, pretty much as expected. I think, again, it was the only issues, uh, question marks were whether or not uh, Salah and, and Robertson were going to be fit enough to start. And I think it was, again, as we saw, it was more likely that as long as he was fit, Robertson would start, but obviously decided not to risk Salah unless, in case, you know, that fire emergency thing, you know, smash glass in case of emergency. Um, he was he was about to come on the pitch when we got that winning goal. So, yeah, clearly we thought, you know, we'll, we'll try and save him for, for midweek if we can. But, um, again, I'm going to agree with Cousy that my only disappointment was seeing that midfield three and Ox named, knowing that Ox would be part of a front three where he's going to be much less effective because I mean, what we saw was what I was pretty much expecting. That was Palace would allow us to have the ball right in front of them. And that that was where Ox would have been ideal in the midfield because he was going to be something different to what we normally have in the midfield. So that that was my only issue with the starting lineup. So other than that, no real surprises. Okay, uh, let's talk about um, the first half and let's just talk about the game in general. Of course, you kind of both um, aired your concern about Oxy not playing in, in a front three and he would have been more sort of um, crucial, a bit more effective, you know, from, from, from a midfield position. Uh, let's talk about the first half. I mean, because for me and um, Andy, I'll come to you first. It's really hard trying to pinpoint what was wrong or what was right because to me, it was very, very disjointed. As a performance, it didn't have any rhythm. No, I, I think it was, again, pretty much what I'd expect. First game, up, uh, first game back after an international mm. break, we never looked particularly good. We, no. we do seem to take a couple of games to find our rhythm again after we've been away. And, and again, it, it's typical of games where we play Crystal Palace. Yeah, our recent record against them has been pretty good. But they're never comfortable games. They're always awkward. They're always difficult. They're always troublesome opposition. That you know, they're just not. They're not good for us to play against. And it's like you know, we we win, we navigate the game, but we just to say do it. It's it never seems to be very very comfortable, and and, that, and you know, and, and that's what they proved to be. And that first half was yeah, it was very very scrappy. It was a very sluggish performance, mm. and and you know. Thankfully, really, we just got in at the break with with it all square because, yeah, that team talk at half time must have done the trick because the tempo from the off and the second half was so so different from anything we saw in the first half because it, it really was very very sloppy in possession. I mean, Trent giving the ball away, you know, time and time again. It seemed, you know, probably two three occasions down the side where you'd you'd expect him to pick out nice passes. He was giving the ball away, whereas in the second half. He hit a couple of magnificent crossfield passes, one to Ox and then one to Robbo. Yeah. First half, he was giving them away. And, and it wasn't just him, it was all over the pitch. I think mean, everyone in the midfield, it was just very, very functional, but nothing. We weren't really in, involved in the forward line enough. It, it was, like you say, it was just a very, very sluggish, poor, dour performance. And again, pretty much what we've come to expect in that first game back after an international break when you think the last performances um, after them breaks have been against Man United and, and Newcastle, which which weren't too good. No, they weren't. Great point there as well. And Cozy, I'll come to you because, of course, you know, naturally when Liverpool don't play well and, you know, there's something off, um, you know, there's always a call for a change or something needs to be changed up. And I saw a tweet from you at half time, and... Um, 
you kind of said, I don't think bringing more salon here is, is going to fix the problem. You know, it's it, collectively, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's exactly how I felt. We, we were poor all over the pitch and just sort of swapping one player probably for a better one, even though that player is more salon. You all know how dangerous. Um, I still didn't see it um, sort of improving just by the, the, the mere change of player. Um, yeah, we, we, everyone was, was bad, really. Um, I'd say only maybe the two centre backs could could say that they had a good game in that in that first half. Mm. Um, there was a few occasions where um, Lovren tried to do a matip, um, brought the ball out and tried a, f- a few a few times to try to play like um, you know passes through to the strikers, and a couple of times he did that to Mane and to Firmino. Their touches were often poor. Um, we couldn't get the front three in the game. Um, Ox couldn't get in the game at all. I think we had one attack down the left for, throughout the whole 45 minutes um, and we caught them on a counter-attack. Um, we switched wings. That's the, that didn't seem to do much either. Uh, when I say switch wings, I mean Ox and um, and Mane switched wings where that's to do anything. The only way it looked like we might create a chance is long diagonal balls and Mane running onto them from the right from the right hand side to the centre. Other than that, it didn't really look creative at all. Um, Midfield, couldn't really get into it. Uh, there was one good pass from Fabinho that I remember. Um, Dink passed to uh, Mane, who um, just just missed it. Um, if he would have got that, that would have been a chance to score. But other than that, I'm struggling to remember times where we looked particularly dangerous. Um, Andy's right, there's a lot of sloppy play, a lot of giving the ball away. Trent couldn't find his radar. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a big-time struggle. And um, it just seemed to be capped off with they when they scored. Um, good thing that was. Um, I mean, if that goal stood, I think it would have been sort of our just desserts for such a full half. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I'm going to read some more comments in the chat box here. Gags is saying it was a 1.6 xg. Um, umbilical boy coming back in I think his, his response is to obviously the conversation we're having right now about the first half he goes although we didn't play well I felt like we never looked panicked or beat of course um, I'll come to the panel about that Steve Pizza says if only I'd known Cousy was 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 um was a, a guest i'd have put on a brew earlier and put my feet up nailed on victory that is how much faith the people have in you Cousy to be fair, we win so many games, right? That um, I'm not sure as to do with my with my um, being on the show. I think probably more coincidence is the the fact that we win pretty much every week now. But um, I would take it. Glad that you take it. Take it. I'd take it. I'm going to take it for you. I'm like, yes, I have the best. We win because of this show and I have Cozy on and these great guests and these callers. And I'm going to come to you. Um, uh, we'll quickly discuss some on Bill Boy's comment there. Um. Although we didn't play well, I feel like we never looked panicked. And I thought, you know, credit to Crystal Palace. I thought they played pretty well. Like they tried pressing us. They were sort of um, making making us uncomfortable, trying, trying to force errors. I mean, a lot of it was down to us. We looked a little, you know, jaded, a little maybe lethargic from all the international football and everyone travelling away. But I thought they did their part as well. But having said that, they didn't pose too much of a threat. No, I don't think either side really caused much mm. of a threat. Yeah. I don't think that it didn't look like they were going to trouble us unless it was, you know, something from the set piece where it maybe caused a bit of confusion. 
Um, yeah, probably the first, what, 20, 30 minutes, they, they were working hard. They were quite, you know, their intensity level was quite high, certainly higher than I expected. They were pressing us. Mm. Um, but I, I never expected that to last long. And, and I thought, you know, hopefully that it does because they're just not used to playing like that, which means they tie themselves out and we can start picking them apart later in the game. But yeah, yeah, they, they obviously early parts of it, home crowds, really good atmosphere at Selhurst Park. So yeah, they, they did work us down in certain areas. But yeah, they, they didn't trouble us in open play. Uh, for all that, you know, Trent's passing wasn't there in the first half. He dealt with Zaha and his 1v1s. So, yeah, I didn't feel like we were in under any particular threat. But then again, on, you know, on the flip side of it, we weren't really troubling them either. I think it was just the case of that. In the, the first half, it was two teams who weren't, weren't you know, playing particularly good football. I think that's fair. Cozy, I'll come to you. Any, any response to um, how Palace played and how they started off? Well, I think um, I think I heard before the game that scored less goals. Than... Is that right? Is that so? They haven't been a very dangerous. They've not really scored a lot of goals. This year. It wouldn't, mm. it wouldn't surprise me that they didn't really have that threat. Um, yeah. My main concern was that we were finding to break them down, and it would potentially end up in a drab draw. Um, I didn't really see them. I didn't really see it. I didn't really have to fear that they would, um, you know, be able to sort of open us up. And, um, I wasn't expecting. And to be fair, we we look calm, like ninety nine percent of the time. Um, the only time I've seen us lose our rag a bit has been in, a, in the championship in sort of the last couple of years. Other than that, we look really calm, even when we're under the cosh. Even when we can see the see the players look chilled out. So, um, um you know, um. The players are really good at sort of handling that. But they sort of expect that there's going to be spells in games, especially away from home, where the other possession sort of you got you got to expect that. Um, but no, it wasn't any sort of a massive threat. And to be fair, when they did score, um, it was a bit out of the blue. Although they had lots of shots on goal, they didn't really create any their chances. Allison wasn't asked to make any great saves, really. Um, just sort of pot shots. Um, you know, they did have a few corners, but. Um, nothing really. I mean, naturally, you'd be worried watching the game, hoping we don't. Play, but um, they didn't really create any clear chances until like the, at the death at the last. Few. Yeah, um, I, I have to agree, and I think you mentioned something about them not having the best like shot conversion and it being quite poor. I think I saw a stat from Cy Brundish. I think you're right that, you know, they, they, they're not really threatening in, in an attacking sense. Um, um, I don't remember the XG that they had. I'm going to guess it. Looking at the table now, so only Watford has scored more goals and less goals. Than... Okay, so basically they've got an XG of negative five then. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let's let's kind of move on. Yeah, so the first half wasn't great. We were kind of screaming for bigger and better and a bit more of a, an improvement. And Andy, I'll come to you because you kind of touched on it in a previous point about they, they looked, you know, a bit more alert. They were playing better football. The passing was coming together. It just seemed like it, it, it improved a few notches from Liverpool. There was a bit more intensity. And I was actually speaking to Gags on, on WhatsApp and, and he, you know, we, we got back to that old frame of mind where it's only a matter of time now because, you know, Marnie had a few chances. So talk to me about, about the second half and how Liverpool kind of played a little better. 
I think the, the big thing for me was, as I mentioned earlier, it was the tempo. Mm. It's when we play at that higher tempo, I think teams yeah. really find it difficult to live with us. Mm. Uh, and it was so slow and sluggish. And it was, I guess it was more the kind of game that Crystal Palace wanted in the first half. You know, we, we allowed allowed ourselves to play the game that Palace wanted to play in the first half. It was it was almost like walking pace. Yeah. Straight from the second from the uh, the kickoff second half. Tempo's much higher, much more intensity. They're struggling when we're moving the ball quickly, pinging it, knocking it about, switching the play, opening it up, little into you know, the passes, the running past people, making the runs beyond. It it's just so difficult. There's so much going on and we're so good at it. It it is difficult and you know, I, I think it was kind of um, personified in where we, we'd gone from defending with Alisson getting the, you know, it's a goal kick. Alisson gets the ball down and they haven't even cleared. You know, Palace are still sort of like holding their heads because they've missed the chance. They're still thinking about what the chance that they've missed and Alisson mm. straight on it. You know, the, the penalty area is still full of players. He grabs the ball, puts it down, takes the goal kick nice and early and straight away Fabinho were on the break. Feeds it into Henderson, lovely ball through to Mane, and I thought he should have done a little bit better. He hits it just wide, but for me, that was all about you know the the intent that we were shown right from the off in the second half, and we did carry that on for a good period as well, you know, up until we'd scored. So it it was much much better. It was much more like us, and you just kind of feel that you know if if we maybe started the game that way and finished them off and being more clinical that, you know, we could have then maybe had a comfortable second half, but, you know, it is what it is. And they, they like to put us through the, through, put us through the mill a bit, but yeah, it was definitely a much more, uh, much more intense and much more positive uh, start to that second half. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And Kuzi, I come to you because although it was more improved I still felt like yeah it was only a matter of time of the Reds were going to score but I still felt like they they were holding back a little on the gears yeah they did up it definitely um sense of urgency was definitely there um and it's as if they need the first half to sort of warm up and get them in rhythm to then play the second half properly you know second half is more like a proper level from what you expect and um I thought that between um, from the sorry, from the sec, from the um, start of the second half to when um, the subs were, I thought we um, we looked more like it. After the subs, we sort of drifted back into that um, first half mode where it was a bit more disjointed. But in that sort of twenty-five minute period, maybe I can't remember what what minute um, came off, for, but just in that in that time, we were able to create a bit more bright the players individually. You know, a bit more on it. Trent's passing, somebody's passing, you know, mind-blowing some of the time. Robertson forward a bit more. We see a bit more potent down the left as well as the right. And um, and we, we began we began to probe. When we begin to probe, um, you know, you just get you're just more confident that we are, we are actually going to create because of the quality we've got in those forward areas. So, um, yeah, once the goal went in, I was, I, I was more relieved than anything and just expected... Um, you know, just expected us to go on from there and win it. Um, these days, usually when we do take the lead, expect us to win the game. Um, but um, yeah, I thought um, well, after we did score, we sort of dropped off a bit. When Knox came off for Origi, um, we seemed to drop off a bit more. And then I was sort of looking at the clock from then, hoping for the win. For the <laughs> 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 yeah, it was one of the... Get out of there. 
<laughs> it was what it was very much one of those games where time stood still, you know? It really did drag. I mean, let's talk about Sadio Mane. And let's talk about that goal. And Andy, I'll come to you. I mean, what did you make of his performance? Because I thought from the, you know, obviously it wasn't the, the usual starting lineup that we're used to seeing. But I thought in the second half, he looked a little bit more, you know, up for it. And of course, he, he gets the goal. He opens things up. Um, so what, what did you make of him today? I don't think he was at his best, but he was still, he still had a say in the game. Yeah, he wasn't at his best, but he still looked a threat. And yeah. That's the thing. I mean, he's, I think the stat was it before the game that he'd scored more goals against Crystal Palace than any other uh, team in the Premier League for Liverpool. So, you know, it's it's his favourite opposition, so it was almost guaranteed that he would score against them. And, <clears throat> yeah, it was just, you know, it's like almost like a half opportunity. He just stiffed it, was on it, quick swivel turn. I think the keeper could have, could have done better, considering that he got a full hand on it. He should really have done better, but I, I, who cares about that? You know what I mean? Yeah, goalkeeping problems are no longer our concern. You can deal with it the rest of yeah. you. I mean, the keeper, actually, in fairness to him, he dealt with a lot of other situations quite well, you know, coming out for crosses and loose balls and making a couple of good saves. Uh, there was one not long after the goal, actually. He made a great save from Firmino that I thought Firmino should have saved. But yeah, yeah, yeah. on that one, yeah... Should have done better getting the hand to it, yeah. Off the post, off the other one. You, you know, you were like, oh, no, is it, oh, it going to... So it was... Uh, it's just, yeah, one of them. It's just kind of personified the day, though, didn't it? You know, scruffy goal. Uh, even the second as well, you know, another scruffy goal, but in a scruffy performance. But, yeah, Sadio's just... Even, like you say, even when he's not playing well and he wasn't on it today, he's still a threat. You know whether it's the ball in behind or just a, just a couple of yards of space, um, he, he seems to really fancy it this season. And it's you know you, you think back to that goal he scored against Bayern in the Allianz. Mm-hmm. Is he has these little bits of genius in him, and yeah. he sometimes he doesn't need anything more than just one yard, and he can just seem to fashion it out. So it, it was he was just so alert and so alive to the to it, and it was uh, yeah it was just a delight to see. An absolute delight and a relief. That was that was definitely a good word for it, relief. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got another comment here from Del, and he goes, by the way, guys, we're three points off from being safe. I suppose that's what really matters, right? Let's get safe before we start thinking about the title, tight. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come to you. I mean, talk to me about Sadio Mane and that goal, because I'll be honest with you, um, when it was just kind of bubbling from post to post, I was like, is it in? Isn't it in? Is the defender going to get it? You know, like, because I didn't have the best of you on my stream. So talk to me how, how you were feeling about that. Um, I went through so many emotions during that. I thought, "Yep, it's in." No, it's out. No, it has he missed that? Oh, it's actually in. Um, yeah, it was. It was a. It was a strange goal. It, was, it reminded me of one of them fluky Lampard goals from back in the day, mm. where it would deflect off two defenders, the goalkeeper, and then hit post and go in. Um, it's definitely one of those ones. Um, I thought the build-up to the goal was interesting. Um, Firmino, one of the, the few times where he was actually running that goal with full control over the ball, played a, a, a decent pass to Robertson. And then from there, we got a bit lucky. Um, so Robertson hits, a, hits a, a little dink pass. It doesn't quite get to Firmino. Um, and then I don't even know how the, any, none of the Crystal Palace players um, cleared the ball. It just seemed to just bounce a few times in the box. And then the awkward shot 
from money that then gets deflected. And then I thought Andy was a bit harsh on the keeper. I thought it was a decent save, actually, because um, it did deflect. So um, I think it was a hard save. Um, but it's the, it's the way that that backspin on the ball, where it hits the first post, right? And it comes out a good yard off the line. Backspins, then it back into the net. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. But, um, yeah, we'll take him. Yeah. Because he's there. Magnets behind the goal. Don't you remember? We have magnets behind the goal to help our oh, shots go in. Yeah, more, more conspiracy theories about Liverpool and how they, they, they're trying to, you know, win win this title. Um, absolutely, yeah. Magnets, everything, every kind of force you can possibly imagine. I mean, let's let's kind of talk about, um, uh, you know, s- some of the play. I mean, what as a whole, Andy, what did you make of the front three? Because to me, it although, of course, we won the game, it just didn't... I felt like they weren't getting the spaces or the chances that I'm usually used to the three. It could have been because Mo Salah wasn't playing and that in itself just disrupts the rhythm and we've all kind of discussed that Oxley chamberlain out wide as a, front th- as, a, as, a, as a front three sort of forward man doesn't quite work. But for me, it just felt like they weren't really making an awful lot of chances. We played better, but I, f- I felt like after that first goal went in, it was almost like... We could have had a few chances where we could have put the game to bed. There weren't many, but we, you know, we we could have been a bit more clinical. But as a whole, I felt like Crystal Palace were almost like parking the bus. There were so many men in the box. Yeah, I mean that's Palace. I mean, the, look, the front three, the the dynamic never looks quite right if one of them isn't there for, for whatever reason. It's I mean, it's just so so difficult, isn't it, for anyone to come in and replicate what any any one of those players does because of the talent and their individual attributes and just the way that the three of them seem to mesh together. Um, and, and certainly, you know, how Mane and Salah seem to just love playing off Bobby. It's it, it's never quite the same when um, when one of them isn't there. So that, I, get, I guess that, that, you know, that's just the situation. It's just the way it is. We've seen that on, you know, a few different occasions. And and it doesn't help, I guess, playing Crystal Palace because yeah, they're not going to deny us. They're not going to sorry. They're not going to allow us that space in behind. You know, they're them areas that we like to play in and run in and go behind. They're, they're not going to be very expansive. So um, yeah, we 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 did have that probably twenty minute spell in the the first stage of the uh, the second half, twenty twenty five minutes until the foot the sub started coming as because you said where we were sort of working a lot better. Like you said, you know, the tempo was really good. And we did create them few chances. I mean, there's obviously Mane scored. There was that one Bobby just missed that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And there was the chance for uh, for Lovren right at the far post from a corner. You know, so the chances were coming in a kind of short space of time. But, yeah, we they weren't, yeah, we, we weren't quite our usual selves. I mean, it was almost like, Dare I say it was it was a bit like the Genk performance before we were playing Man City. So maybe it's almost a bit of that. You know, this is our performance ahead of a big game midweek. Mm, yeah, good shout. No, that's that's a really good shout and a really interesting um, point of view there. What about yourself, Emma? Because do, do you feel like maybe you know they were as as Andy kind of suggested about the sort of Genk game where Liverpool weren't really full on intense because they had that huge game against. You know, Man City. Do you think there might have been an element of that creeping up as well? Thinking, well, we can we can play good, but we don't have to give it our all today. More of a, 
I mean, I, I, I do think it's more of a, um, you take one of the front three out, especially when it's away from home. Yeah. Um, given that majority of the players in the side didn't great game, weren't really on it. So, individually and as a weren't on it. Because, you know, the fullbacks didn't, I mean, there's been games where the fullbacks have been great and then the front three haven't really been. Um, or the front three have been great and the midfield hasn't been. You know, sort of bits and pieces of the side that haven't been up to par. But in this game, I think he could sort of level out everyone. Really. Um, but if so, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't want to sort of pinpoint the front three in a bit off today because sort of everyone was, was were that way. Um, mm. I think Klopp is, is really good at sort of hitting home how important it is every single game, especially games where you pretty much have to be perfect every week to, to, you know, to, to try and win. Um, so I'm not sure whether um, they were looking at sort of the Napoli game as well. We, we can play within ourselves and, and, and pull this one off. I, I think it's more of us, more of us. You know, the international break's got a lot to do with it. Players out. Um, not that many sessions training before the game and Palace making it difficult away from home. So all those factors, you know, it being a rank day as well. Um, so I think all of all, that's, all of that sort of plays into it. Um, sometimes um, you sort of tell what, what type of game a front three are going to have when they first sort of collect the ball. Um, the ball was rolled into to Mane uh, earlier on and he failed to control it. Sort of a similar thing with Firmino when you think this might be one of those games where the front three are not really on it. Um, yeah. We all know they can score goals out of nothing, but we're talking about just like general play. Uh, and it's, you know, it's testament to the quality of the side where um, we could not really play very well, but then still create the chances. Um, for me, you know, that chance, I couldn't believe when he missed it. I just expected the ball to, to you know, nest in the corner of the net. Um, it's actually a really good save. Um, but, um, but yeah, and even, even the goals were scruffy. <laughs> yeah, they were really sporting. Where, where you just take it, and then I, I would imagine that the Napoli game at Anfield, I would imagine they're, they look a lot better. Yeah, absolutely stark difference to the gorgeous goals that we scored against Man City. You know, you know, either it's a thunder bastard strike and a perfectly crafted team goal where, you know, the ball's been, you know, just great assists and not quite the case in, in this game. They, they were definitely scruffy. Cause yeah, I'm going to stick with you. And of course, um, you know, when, when you play opposition like Crystal Palace, you kind of look at their players. They have some very good players like Townsend. We know he scored that worldie against Man City last season. Was it Man City last season? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and of course, um, you know, Zaha, you know, that was the one that I was really interested about. And uh, talk to me about how maybe the likes of Trent and, you know, Jordan Henderson kind of dealt with him because I thought for most parts they kind of kept him quiet. Yeah, um, they doubled up on him really well in the second half. Yes. When, when um, Henderson um, is a lot more disciplined than he has been in some games where, I don't know if it was by instruction or if he took it upon himself, but he was quite deep and um, doubled up well. I mm. wasn't really getting any joy. Um, just the odd occasion, maybe when he got Trent on the outside and dropped a shoulder, he, he looked like he always, he had the beating of Trent. Um, I was quite fearful any time he got the ball, see whether he was one on one with with someone. When I saw Henderson, it sort of gave me a bit more of um, <laughs> I sort of felt better about things when when I saw Henderson coming over to help. Um, and then Henderson gets taken off, and yeah, that, that protection looks like looked like. It. Um, it went. I don't know if Ginny was supposed to be the one to, um, to sort of take up that mantle. Mm. But the protection seemed to have gone. And then um, 
I think Benteke sort of drifted over to the left-hand side as well. And then you had Benteke and Zaha on the left. And it looked like they were giving, that, giving us some problems down that right-hand side. And that, yeah. was my, that, that was the part of the game where beforehand, I didn't think we were under threat. But at that point, I was shitting it, thinking, oh, shit. They, got, they were just, it just, We just kept seeming to lose the ball in transition. And the ball just ended up that side of the pitch. And we started to come under pressure. Um, and it's really frustrating because I watched Palace uh, a number of times against other clubs and the likes of Zaha and that sort of fail to um, to impress so often. Townsend and these players, they look, and Benteke and these guys, they look ordinary a lot of the time but then against us. They look like world beaters in certain moments. So that's quite frustrating. But um, yeah, it, it was a worry, um, Zaha on the ball against, against, against Trent. Um, you know, his defending has improved the more he's been in the first team, but there are moments mm. when you when you are scared when he's isolated with, with a good attacking player. For sure. And Andy, I'm going to come to you because um, I think, of course, you really made a really interesting point there. Um, Henderson certainly looked, I, I mean, like, it must have been instructions because he definitely was not, you know, sort of waltzing off um, in advanced positions. He was definitely more deep, a bit more disciplined. And it was almost like he was maybe told by Klopp that, you know, just maybe just stay with um, Zaha alongside Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, double up with him. Uh, talk to me, what what did you make of, of, of that um, situation? Yeah, it was a much more defensively disciplined display from him today than, than, than what we're accustomed to, yeah. Mm. Or, or too often, really, Trent does get um, does get doubled up on by opponents. And, and, and as we've seen, you know, look, Henderson has so many good things to his game. You know, he works tirelessly for the team, but he doesn't pick up his runners very well. He doesn't track them very well. He likes to hand them off to somebody else rather than actually just go with them. So, yeah, he was a lot more disciplined today. and I, I thought he offered next to nothing on the ball today, but but off the ball, yeah, he did a, he lo- did a lot of good work on that side. And Ginny was, was working very well on the other side. But, yeah, when that substitution came and Milner came on, um, they switched sides. Genie came over to the right. Milner was supposed to cover the left-hand side. And it was that kind of, them few minutes from that substitution where, I don't know whether it was Genie's just not comfortable, just so used to playing, you know, down that left I think Palace made, um, Palace made all their subs as well, aren't they, at that point? I think Benteke was on as well. Yeah, he was, yeah, because he did Lovren way too easily, let's be fair. <laughs> Lovren, had, look, Lovren had a solid game. Other than that goal, he had a solid game, but you know mm. he got done way too easy. He got suckered in and got done by Benteke too easily. But yeah, I don't know whether it was just like that sort of um, confusion, if you want to call it that, of Ginny coming across to this other side of the pitch, um, and then Milner supposed to be over to the left, getting drawn right out of position. That as soon as the ball gets switched, you know suddenly Zaha's on the other side of the pitch and the yeah, other side is. of the box and he's got and he's got a lot of space to take that touch out of his feet and and, and in fairness it's a really good finish mm. but um yeah as as a team it wasn't particularly good defending so maybe like you say maybe it would have been better in in hindsight just for Milner to cover that right hand side you know slot straight in uh, and perhaps then Ginny would have been more to the left-hand side. Maybe Zaha wouldn't have had that uh, space. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it, it we were sort of we were kind of on the back foot um, on the back foot for about five minutes from them substitutions and trying to find our rhythm again. And, and fair play to them, they you know they took advantage. Yeah, for me, it would have made more sense had Gomez come on again, you know, and move Trent a bit forward and play. 
play Gomez as 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 the right back and double up on him like the way they kind of did against Raheem Sterling or you know try to make that situation work. I have to agree with you. Um, I thought you know just changing. Ginny up, who was doing a pretty decent job on, on the left-hand side to move him over, it tactically just didn't, didn't quite make sense to me. But, you know, luckily, um, yep, um, you know, Crystal Palace did score on the 81st minute and, you know, you're a little bit nervous given the fact that, you know, um, what can the Reds do now? And, Cozy, I'm going to come to you. Um, this team, they, <laughs> they just, they won't give up. And, you know, it's 85 minutes. And, um, you know, Roberto Firmino, who, you know, doesn't, he hasn't scored an awful lot of goals. You know, like, he's not as, um, as effective as, like, you know, the likes of Mosala and Sadio Mane. But, and I thought he had a pretty, I thought a pretty meh game today. And I love Roberto Firmino, but he wasn't at his best. You know, he nowhere near his best, like the rest of the team pretty turgid performance from him by all accounts but my god um it turns up when when you need him to i mean first of all i want to ask you how did you celebrate that goal was it a fabrizio ravinelli type of celebration or a fastino aspria type of celebration it was um it wasn't really a celebration you know i tell you why because i was um my my twitter was kept um my um my stream um starting to freeze a little bit so i was more looking at twitter than than the actual and then I saw um, that we scored. Um, Twitter was was actual live, so it was, about, it was about thirty seconds ahead of the stream I was watching. Mm. So I knew we scored, and then I, I saw someone tweet that VAR's checking. It. So um, so when I did see the goal on the stream, I was I was worrying that it was going to get sort of checked and and, can, and sort of cancelled off. So I didn't do the Ravinelli. It was more sort of biting fingernails, hoping that the goal would stand. Um, so. Glad, I'm glad it did too. I was more relieved than anything else. And then after that, it was just clock watching until the end. So, okay, that's brilliant. Okay, it was quite, Andy, I'm going to come to you now. It was a quite an interesting series of events uh, building up to that goal because Crystal Palace had made all their substitutions. Tompkins looked like he pulled his hamstring. And it's a case of does he stick or twist? You know, he was holding himself. And he had a really good game, to be fair. And, you know, I'm sat there thinking, oh, my God, you know, if, we, if we're if we going to take advantage now, because the front three haven't quite clicked or, you know, the, the attack hasn't quite clicked. And if he's now a little bit injured, he's not going to be at his best. If he comes off their 10 men down, this is the time. And, of course, you know, what, it, it just, everything was just aligned for Liverpool to score in that moment. Yeah, just a word here for Divi, actually, because he uh, destroyed two of their players. He <laughs> <laughs> just come on the pitch. Where it was weird, wasn't it? Ward, yeah, yeah. Ward obviously thought, I'm going to leave one. I'm gonna, it was a perfectly fair challenge, but a firm but fair challenge, you know, really hard one. And just think, you know, I'm going to leave something on you just to let you know that you're not going to get the better of me physically. And he yeah. basically injured himself <laughs> in the process of trying Arigi, to leave a bit on the Divi. It's what caused that. Um, you know, like, Origi tried to do a drag, missed it, and so the tackle didn't connect properly. So it was actually tackled to what he thinks is going to happen, but because Origi's touch was shit, ended up in, injuring himself. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was, for me, it was definitely that defender thing of, you know, I'm going to leave something on you here. You know, you, I'm going to let you know I'm here. And he put himself out of the game in the process. And then Tompkins, you know, almost the same, you know, obviously not quite the same 
manner, but uh, it's on Divi again. So, yeah, maybe we should have started with Divi and, you know, they would have just ended up with about six players or something like that. <laughs> they would have won the game comfortably, <laughs> but you know, Divi the Destroyer. Divi the Destroyer. And they and... just scored for Chelsea 1-0. Cheers, Jeff. <laughs> Are we happy with that result? Are we happy with that scoreline? Yeah. What, Man City losing? Hell yeah. Okay. Right. I'll get rid of Dropped more points than City over the course of the season. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Okay, I, I love your thinking. And, Andy, you didn't answer the question. Did you celebrate like Ravinelli or Aspria? Um, We're going retro here. No, no, I celebrated a bit more like Klopp actually punching the air and um, aggressively shouting, yes, yes. <laughs> and again, another sense of relief. And and again, Esprit, I'm going to go Esprit back and, to this what point. What celebration are you referring to? Nina? The backflips! The backflips! Oh, no chance. Nina, I'm no, in my front. I want to see Cousin try that. I mean, by backflips, I mean Rolly Pauly. Okay, people? Because you're girly, athletic, <laughs> or strong. <laughs> if I did a Rolly Pauly, I'd probably knock my telly over. <laughs> Come on, why? What, what Aspia celebrations were you thinking of? The iconic one is the backflips. There was one he scored, I think it might have been against Barcelona in the Champions League. Took off his shirt, he put it on the corner flag, took the corner flag out of the ground and hoisted it. One of the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> I guess you can also call the Aspia celebration, I'm talking about the Obafemi Martin celebration too, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a bit more acrobatic. Yeah. That's that's not happening. And and I am not taking my shirt off. Nobody wants to see that. The catch oh. celebration is probably the best ever though. Yeah. Is that when he destroys the hoarding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which player is this? Catch by uh, was it was it in Man City or Newcastle? Was it in Man City? I think it's Newcastle. Yeah. Was it Newcastle? Yeah, Newcastle. Tamuri Catch yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he absolutely hammers. The, the, he just—I don't know why he's so pissed off, but he just—he just starts studying. He just didn't like the that No, it's terrible. Oh, that was, that's that just violence. <laughs> okay, so are we now discussing our favorite goal celebrations? Yeah. Is this what it's come to? I can't think oh, of my favorite goal. What's What's the guy who used to play for um, Real Madrid in the eighties? The uh, Mexican striker, was it Hugo Sanchez, used to do the, uh, yeah. the flip. Yeah, bit before my time, so... Owen used to do something like that as well. Um, not as acrobatic, but he used to try, didn't he? Um, I always used to like Barnsley, just put your arm up and just not even smile sometimes. You'd just be like, yeah, I got you, bitch. I nailed this one. <laughs> Go on That's then, Cozzy, what's your favourite goal celebration? Um, I did like the Emery Chen one. Describe it, because yeah. I'm a goldfish. Slide and the head nod. Oh, yeah. Emery. Yeah, okay. That was a, that's a recent favourite. Um, yeah, there's, there's loads. The one with, there's the one with Nigeria in the World Cup when the guy's in the back of the net chanting for about two minutes. Remember that one? Might be your time. A bit before my time. <laughs> you remember the, the Nigeria goal in the 94 World Cup where they did, um, they went like a dog? Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. it Spinidi George or something like that? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, uh, we would just Bobby's got Bobby's got as many celebrations as the FIFA game. Though. Roger Mia, Roger Mia in the nineteen ninety World oh, Cup. Yes, yes. Can it be a favourite? Isn't it the yeah, first yeah, one of the yeah, of the yeah. tournament? That's probably the best. That's probably the best. Yeah, seventy-two year old Roger Mia. <laughs> a fucking, I mean, just stop it. You, you know what? You got a youngling on the pod. Uh, Italian ninety did, World Cup. I did Bayern against Arsenal. Oh yeah, when he actually ran to the fans. Yeah, the all the way across the other side of the that was That is one of the best. That's top five, definitely. And the gift, the gift for it is fantastic. <laughs> oh, what about Dean Maria calling Man United fans puto motherfuckers or whatever? <laughs> That's a good one as well, just because it's Man United. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's okay. So um, we've been talking goal celebration, which tells you just how great this game was. <laughs> right, guys. I, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But I gotta get a man of the match. It's really hard. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's gonna be really hard. Cozy, uh, do you want to start? Yeah. Before I get before I do that, do that though. That is a hard chance out of the death right at the end when he volleys it over the bar. Yeah. The defending there. It, some, I don't know. Have you seen Have you seen the replay of it? Where all of our players try and catch them offside, which is fair enough, right? But they all run towards Townsend. Is it Townsend that crosses it? They all run to Townsend. Even Robertson, like, supposed to be covering that side of the pitch. He runs to the opposite side. So every Liverpool player bolts out. They all run to our left. Um, our right completely exposed. And then, be, and then he get, if they had scored that, I would have Human. I just I just want to get it off my chest before I um, go to man of the match. No, 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 no. This is therapy. You got to you got to talk about all your feelings. Absolutely, it's one of them things. I haven't really been bad defending like that for a long time, like three years or so. For, but yeah, um, we got away with it. So great. Um, Van Dyke, Virgil, man of the match. It's got to be him. Um, some mm. some some of the clearing headers from corners at the end there were vital. Um. And I can't really think of anyone that were outstanding. Lovren was solid. I think he was probably our second best player today, Lovren. Yeah. So you, you guys all know how much of a Lovren critic I am. So I think that um, sort of speaks volume how the others play. <laughs> but he, 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 he did have a good game, I must say. I can't really remember any howlers. Um, and he did try and distribute the, distribute the ball very well. I got caught um, a couple of times. Not caught, but sort of isolated dragged out into wide position. He's done well, so, yeah, credit to him. But, yeah, I'm giving it to Virgil. Fair enough. And before before we go to um, uh, Andy, of course, Fabinho picks up a yellow card, which means he's going to be suspended for the Brighton game. Are you guys cool with that? Because I'll come to you first on that one. I'm never cool when Fabinho's not playing. Um, it's similar but to- you, you knew it was going to happen, right? You knew it was going yeah. to happen. <laughs> That rope is pissing me off. I mean, uh, it's equalised. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, who else? With a Lampard finish against Lampard. <laughs> Deflected in. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah, it's one of the better games, you'd say, for him to go. I mean, i like him to be... If I could clone him and just have him every... You know, when he goes out, you just bring his clone in. I'd, I'd do so. But I suppose he can't play every single game. So a home game against Brighton should be able to manage about him. Um, he's not he's not um, suspended for Europe, so I suppose he's fine. Um, 
what is it? So it's five, is it five bookings he's got now? Something like that. Is that is it five you accumulating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So five bookings in what's that? Thirteen games doesn't seem like you should get banned for it. I I think, mm. and it's so easy to get bookings now. So I I think that rule needs looking at before where you had to kill someone to get a yellow card. These days, you breathe a bit heavily and you get a yellow mm. card. So I think mm. it's um a bit unfair that you get five five bookings, thirteen get banned. Um. Yeah, I don't like the rule, but I suppose. So, yeah, I'd probably put Ginny um, as the as Brighton. And maybe Naby can get a look in or Ox in midfield. Here's a hoping. Andy, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to throw three things at you. Give me your thoughts on Fabinho, him being booked, and of course, missing the Brighton game. Are you okay with that? Also, um, uh, give me um, your last say on, on the game. If there's anything that you want to close off on. It's yours, and of course, your man of the match. Uh, on Fabinho, yeah, I guess we all knew it was coming, and I suppose, um, on the face of it, Brighton should be a decent game for him to miss if he's got to miss one. And, and yeah, I'd love to I'd love to be able to clone him, and just be able to keep rotating his clone because uh, there's nobody quite like him. Um, I just hope that it's it's Ginny playing as the six. Or, or maybe even Henderson, but uh, but not Lalana. I really don't need to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Uh, Ginny, Ginny is the six for me is, is great because it means it's somebody who can defend, who, who works the space well, but also you know protects the possession, looks after the ball, but will also be progressive when we get it and knows what to do and where to be. And and as because you said, you know, it's an opportunity for either Ox or Naby to be a part of that midfield as well. So I just think it's it makes us better. Uh, it it gives us a better uh, opportunity of covering that game where inevitably he's going to be missing. Mm. So yeah, I, I, you know, five in thirteen is is not is not great to be honest. Uh, I think it's you know one of them things where we've got to we've got to probably do more as a team because. When you, if you look back at Fabinho's bookings, a lot of them are tactical fouls because we've lost the ball in, you know, in key areas, and he's preventing a dangerous attack. So I think we've got to, we've got to do a little bit better as a team and not force him to be, you know, sacrificing himself in the way that he has done. So there's, there's lessons for us all to be learned there. I think. Um, in, in terms of anything else on the match, I, I'll just go back to what I said last time I was on. You know, it's great that we have this mentality. It's great that we never give up, that we always keep pushing and pushing and pushing and that we don't know we're beaten. But as I said before, we we can't keep going to this well. We just can't keep doing it and doing it and doing it because eventually it's not going to come off. Mm. We, we've got to, at some point this, this season, at some stage this season, we've got to start taking care of games sooner and putting teams to bed and managing the games better than we have been doing. And... Um, Maybe that will come in time as as we get our rhythm going a bit more in the second half of the season. But um, yeah, it's it's although the results are fantastic and we're in an incredible position, some of the performances this season have really not been too good. So it, it, it I guess it speaks volumes for all the other qualities that we have that we're not necessarily playing that well. Yet here we are sitting so many points clear at the top and winning all but one of our games this season. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. But yeah, that's that. That would be my last point on the on the game. And as for man of the match, 
I've got to agree with because he's got he's got to be Virgil. Mm. I thought he was flawless. He was uh, he took care of everything. And Lovren did have a solid game. Uh, Allison didn't do anything wrong. He had a good game. But yeah, um, Van Dijk so many times from their corners, probably half or two thirds of their corners seemed to land on Virgil's head. No matter where he was, he just seemed to deal with it, and he just again calm and collected. So uh, yeah, Virgil, my man of the match. Yeah, I think um, on your point about Liverpool can't keep going to the well of them, you know, late late winners and all that good stuff. I had Jonathan Northcroft on the Euro Incision podcast and he pretty much, I brought up that point that you raised and he pretty much agreed with you as well. You know, like, it's it's risky business. Um, so you've all gone with Virgil van Dijk. I can't really disagree. It was really hard for me. It was really hard to kind of pick. But I have to agree, I thought Dejan Lovren also had a pretty decent game as well. You know, I thought Henderson in, in that role that he was required to do, I thought he did it really well, but he didn't play the entire game. So yeah, Virgil van Dijk, because Virgil van Dijk is Virgil van Dijk. Right, guys, that is the end of this pod. Before I let my my, my awesome guests go, I'll, let, I'll get a few plugs around the table. Cousy, where can people find you on Twitter? What are you up to and where can people find more of your work if you're doing anything? Actually, Cousy, one, the old Twitter account. Uh, nothing particular to plug, to be honest. Um... Look out for me on, on, on further pods. And sure, should I be invited for more? Um, hopefully, we can get the record going and wrap up the. But, um, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, you know what? I'm going to start a petition going around Liverpool fans to get Cozy on the Nina Council. So, you know, I just give him the show. I will give it to you because if it means it's a league title. And Andy, what about yourself? I know you're a busy. So, where can people find you on Twitter and where can they find more of your work? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Andy Armchair. And um, as, as you will know, we recorded a Champions League preview podcast yesterday. So that should be out, I believe, tomorrow. Um, previewing mm-hmm. match day five in the Champions League. Obviously, Liverpool hosting Napoli at Anfield. Key game for Liverpool, key game in the Champions League. A lot of um, important things happening. So we're covering, um, looking back on what happened in match day four, looking ahead to match day five, covering everything and uh, also, obviously, I should say, uh, taking particular note of uh, Liverpool's game v Napoli. So a uh, big one at Anfield midweek. Mm. And uh, what I'll have coming up is uh, it's, we're coming to the end of another month, which means there's going to be a Reds review coming up very shortly, myself and Guy Drinkle. So uh, just keep a lookout for that one. So at the turn of the month, beginning of December, there should be another Reds review podcast for you to uh, to look out for. Fantastic, awesome stuff. And Gags has just told us that City are two one up. You know what? This pod has gone on for way too long. I'm gonna end it on my plugs quick time before it becomes a thrashing. Um, for my part, um, please do listen to uh, the Champions League podcast. I will also be back with the Euro Incision podcast as well. Post Napoli, hopefully that is um, Liverpool pretty much top the group and it's an easy game away to RB Salzburg. Fingers crossed, that's what we're hoping. Also, if you're on the good old Instagram and you're a social media whore like myself, I am on Instagram. You can follow my account on at the Nina Kauser Show. That is my handle. I post daily videos and you get back on it. So do follow me out there. Let's let's grow that account. Guys, um, once again, a massive thank you to everyone that joined us live. Gags for producing this podcast. A huge thank you to Yona who called in as well. And all of you guys that put in your questions and your thoughts and points in, in the chat box on Discord. And, of course, would it be a show without 
my two excellent guests today. So a massive thank you to both Cousy and Andy. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let us know your thoughts. Comment, tweet us. Let us know what was your favourite goal celebration. Do you agree with the man with the match? Give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for what for listening. And I will catch you in my next episode. Till next time, up the reds. Podcast Network.